Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. Our reading this morning comes from Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. This is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humbled themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Just a sidebar regarding the, the war over to Brady this morning, and they were also mentioning the concern about the war. But they realized that that Brady community, almost all of them, when they, they came out of Odessa, the old Russia, part of Ukraine, and that is, their, that is their area. And so their relatives and their bloodlines come exactly from, from that area of Russia and Ukraine. There were two women down in New Orleans just recently at spring break. They're walking down the street and they came across a great big storefront that said, horoscopes read, psychic on duty. And beneath that it said, two for one special. They looked at each other and said, you know, we don't believe this hokum, but you know, we're on vacation. Why don't we just go in and see what this psychic has to say to us? So they went down in and sat down next to the guy by the table. And the psychic, so-called psychic, said, Ladies, what do you want to know about your future? And he's thinking, well, they want to know about some romantic interest that may be down the line. They may want to be concerned about uh, perhaps some financial windfall that may be coming their way. Ladies, what do you want to know about your life? 
and immediately one of the gals said, I want to know if I'm a good person. And the lady next to her, they went in together. She did a double take, so she looked back quickly at her, and she said, you know, she answered that really quickly. She answered that really quickly. She must have thought a lot about that. Am I a good person? What about you? Consciously or subconsciously, have you ever thought about or asked yourself, am I a good person? Do I have some character flaw that never seems to get fixed? Do I have some sins of the past that haunt me? You know, I see other people do good things. I could be like them. What about me? I could be like them, but I don't. How often do you ask yourself, am I a good person? In the scripture today that Tootie read, two men answered the question. One right, one wrong. The first one said, you know, look how good I am. Yes, I am a good person. Look at all the things that I have done. I fast twice a week. It's only required once. I give tithe of everything I make. The other guy, he just beat his breast. He said, I am not a good person. And only by God's mercy am I even still alive. The guy who got it wrong was the good guy, the Pharisee. He got it wrong. And it makes it so easy to, to root, to cheer on that guy, the Pharisee, and to boo and have nothing to do with the tax collector. Got a question. Who is the equivalent of a Pharisee today? I want you to think about the most respected person you can think of in our church, in our community, in your whole realm of family. Never miss church. Great giver. Eager volunteer, married to a nice woman. The kids are great. The grandkids are great. Never get in trouble. Never, ever embarrass their parents. Always engaged in the community. Responsible and dependable as the day is long. But maybe we're using the wrong standard here about how good we are. Track season is starting now in, in Montana and in high schools. The track meets will begin. I think that when it comes to the high jump at the high school level, I think they start the bar at about five feet for your first jump. 
The Pharisee would be the person who came up to the bar, set at five feet. He would take the bar and he would move it down to three feet. And then he would jump over, leap over it, and then he would raise his hands in victory and say, I am the best, I won this, no problem at all. It's ridiculous. Damnly, glaringly wrong. The Pharisee lowered the bar. He obviously said, well, I'm not as bad as a lot of people I know. I'm obviously better than most of them. And I do know a lot of bad people. And he proved this, he proved his goodness by looking on the outside, on the external. I don't steal. I don't gouge and cheat my customers. I don't sleep around with my neighbor's wife or the lady at work. I contribute to absolutely everything that comes down the pike. I buy more Girl Scout cookies. I give buy cards from the athletic department at school, the kids coming to the door. I give to every school event. When I go to funerals, I give memorials to that person, to the organization that they want. I give to every fundraiser out there. I go over and above what God expects. Look at my fasting record. Look at my tithing record. I am nothing but wholesome goodness. Know people like that? That type of person sees God as a scorekeeper. As long as I keep the rules, don't break the rules, I'm okay. But inside, he can't say that. And that proves that he is not a good person. He does not want us to look inside. Did you hear the prayer that the Pharisee made? It wasn't a prayer to God. It was a prayer to himself. Kind of a self-congratulatory speech. It was like poking a finger in God's chest and saying, God, I can trust myself. But inside, there's self-centeredness and arrogance and pride and greed and a sense of entitlement and resentment. And you can almost see the sneer on his face when he says, I'm not as bad as that guy over there in the corner, that tax collector standing there. People, it's so easy to focus on the outside, the external. And as soon as we begin to hate, disrespect, what others are doing, the others that do not live up to the standards that we have set, our high standards, we become very judgmental, and it's a slippery slope. 
Think back to the past couple years now, what's happened in our lives, in our family, in our community, in our churches. Had the deal about the COVID vaccinations. Should we get them? What type should we get them? Do we have to have a booster? Then the thing about the masks. Do we have to wear them? Should we have to wear them? And then throw in all this, all the political stuff. If we compare ourselves to others, we are wrong. And some of this stuff, it's hard not to compare because you can't talk about some things. Even within your own family, if you had them around the table, there's some things you probably would start a fight. What do we do? And so we kind of back off a bit. Leave that alone. And we begin to make our lists, how we love to make our list of all the good things that we do. And when we make our list of all the good things we do, it kind of counteracts of all the feelings of the sins we have inside. Makes us feel better because now we have proved to God that we are okay and we are a good person. It's like we're standing up on a pedestal, looking down on everybody else who does not think or feel or believe the way we do. And we become very resentful. And you know what? Resentful soon leads to hate. What about you? Think about if you're, I don't know where your political things are or your vaccination things are, but if someone who is different from you with your vaccinations and they don't get a vaccination and they get sick and they even die, well, we just won't feel too sorry for them. You see, that's how subtle it kind of sneaks into our thinking. It's hard, terribly hard to look inside, trying to prove that we are good people. And what the Bible says, that is the easiest way to be condemned by God. To try to prove that we are good people. And the scripture says that those who do that will be humbled by God. Okay, now we've got the other guy, the tax collector. Only one way left. The right way. Now, don't kid yourself. Tax collectors were bad people. You think about that April 15th in about a couple of weeks here. Tax collectors were bad people. They were friends of the Romans, friends of the soldiers that were occupying your land. You're working for the enemy. Rome wants to be paid. And anything over and above what they wanted that was your salary. That was your bonus. You could keep it. It's yours. Rome did not care a lick as long as they got their money. And the tax collector came to realize how bad he was. He didn't have any illusions about himself. He slinked into the temple, filled with remorse, so ashamed eyes to the ground, 
stood in the corner. What about you? What about me? Has there ever been a time in your life when you thought to yourself, what in the world was I thinking? What type of person am I? How could I have ever done that and thought that it was right or thought that I could get away with it? And so we have no other recourse but just to bury our head in our hands. Time to be brutally honest. Can you relate to that? But even then, we don't quite do it right. We kind of bail out. We say, well, there's bad sinners, really bad sinners over here. And there's some not so bad sinners right here. And there's some kind of like us over here. It's hard to be honest. There's another part of this story, though, and that's the part about mercy. The definition of mercy really is that God can accept people who are not good at all. That's what mercy is, undeserved favor. He can accept people who are not good at all. And so the collector says, tax collector says, am I good? And the answer is no. But God, I stand before your mercy. That's the only right way to answer that question. Am I a good person? The only way to answer that is to say, God, I stand before your mercy. In a couple of weeks, we have the Easter Sunday. We have the whole Easter story during the Lenten season. But that's exactly what the Easter story is about. God is appeased by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, for the sins of the people, you and me. To take a not good person and make them good. That's what Easter is about. To take a not good person and make them good. God can accept us even though we are not good at all. That's the perfect way to answer that question. I know this dates me, but there's an older movie called The Fisher King. And the main character in this Fisher King movie was Robin Williams. And he had a lot of other stars with him. But you have to kind of imagine Robin Williams now. Robin Williams is a talk host on a radio show. And he said some really mean things to somebody who called in. He basically wrecked their life. And it bothered him. And he became suicidal and became despondent, Robin Williams did. He became a real jerk. And his life was on a kind of a downward spiral. But one day he had a date with a socially awkward lady. They went out, they had a good time, and they came back to the door. And, the, and they said, the lady said, I guess we know now what happens next. We'll say we had a good time. 
We exchange phone numbers. We tell each other that I'll call you. And it was great. I felt so elated. I went to work the next day waiting for the call. No call. Waited even longer. No call. And then Robin Williams tells her, I love you. I promise to call. I know your routine. I know that you hate your job. I know you have no friends. I know that you're alone. And you're not as wonderful as everybody else thinks you are. I've loved you for a long, long time. I know everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I promise that I will call you. It's so rare to have someone know everything about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and still be accepted. And so as we leave church today, just realize that God does know everything about you and me. He knows everything that's wrong with us. He knows everything we've ever done. And still, God loves us. He accepts us. And so we never have to wonder, ever, ever, am I a good person? And as we leave, the answer has absolutely nothing to do with us. But what the Lord has done for us. And so we can go about living, we can go about dying, and we can be at peace, even though we are not a good person. But we are cleansed of everything inside of us, everything we have ever done. And so the answer to the question, am I a good person? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about the Lord. I hope that that is good news and a time of marveling and rejoicing. I never memorized many poems in my life. I came from the generation where we did not have to, to memorize a poem in school. Many of you did. But if you take your bulletin, on the back page of your bulletin, there is my favorite poem in the whole world. It's a poem I have to dig out once in a while and put it up on the refrigerator and just to remind myself where I am and where I want to be. There are three tame ducks in our backyard, dabbling in mud and trying hard to get their share and maybe more of the overflowing barnyard store. They're satisfied with the task they're at of eating, sleeping, getting fat. But whenever the free wild ducks go by in a long line streaming down the sky, they cock a quizzical puzzled eye and flap their wings and try to fly. I think that my soul is a tame old duck dabbling around in barnyard muck, fat and lazy with useless wings. 
but sometimes when the north wind sings and the wild ones hurtle overhead, it remembers something lost and dead and cocks a wary, bewildered eye and makes a feebled attempt to fly. It's fairly content with the state it's in, but it isn't the duck it might have been. People, if that isn't the greatest poem ever written, it should be on your refrigerator door where you could read it every day as to what you want to be and where you've been. Amen.